0: year two has been a success for walker kessler so far but the next 30 really matter in the starting lineup we'll talk about it as we continue on locked on jazz you are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. Today, Walker Kessler's year two has not been as massive a growth and surprising as year one, but it's still been filled with growth and success, and the next 30 really matters for Walker and the Utah Jazz. We'll talk about what he's done so far and why those are so important. Altitude strikes again. No LeBron James tonight. As the Jazz get ready for the Los Angeles Lakers, we'll break down the LeBronless Lakers and what to expect from the Jazz. And and then either I'm misreading the room or we need a moment of perspective. We'll do that as we wrap this up on today's show. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it Way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day, and to the everydayers out there, you're awesome. We're free. We're available on all podcasting apps and on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button, the follow button on YouTube. Hit the follow subscribe button. They're free, and hit the bell button so you get notified every time. Thumbs ups are greatly appreciated. Thumbs up if you're a Walker Kessler fan today. Um, appreciate it. Very, very much. Today's show uh, coming to you on this Wednesday. All right, uh, let's talk about Walker. So the start of the season with Walker was not great. He looked kind of overwhelmed. He actually looked um, like lacked a juice. Um, he looked uh, I, the word I want to use is depressed, but that has such over different feeling to it. So I I don't, I don't mean that medically, but he just didn't look like he and happy or enjoyed it. And frankly, you know, it was a super interesting moment for me because I'm watching him. He's the same age as my kid. And my kid at that time was like abroad studying quotes uh, in Europe. And like, that's kind of, as I've talked about a lot, like that's what kids are supposed to be doing. And Walker was kind of doing the opposite, which was, you know, playing under incredible scrutiny. And then he just didn't, he didn't start well. He got hurt on the first game of the year. Um, and lost lost a little bit of his zest, and then when he came back, he he was better, but his lack of offensive skills seemed to be impacting the team. And then he moved into the uh, started coming off the bench, where he's then been impactful. And then his defensive numbers have been great. So let's dig into that. Um, and he and he really has he started the last two games again having really not started since November 6th. So let's, and some of that was pairing and lineups. And then we obviously clicked in um, shortly thereafter when Colin moved in the starting lineup and he played off the bench. And his plus minuses have been been really good. So here's the bottom line on Walker for the year. Um, The first one with Walker is that we're 8.8 points better per 100 possessions defensively when he's on the floor than off. Okay. That's what his job is. That's if Walker is a piece of the foundation for the future, it's because he's a great defensive player. Teams shoot five percentage points less well when he's on the floor than compared to when he's off the floor, when he's on first off and we don't foul. What's interesting is Walker is not at a stage yet in his career where he's altering shot distribution by the opponent. Rudy generally has been that way throughout his career. I mean, Rudy's going to the Hall of Fame as one of the two greatest defensive big men in the history of the league with Ben Russell. Bill Russell. Ben Russell's our audio engineer. But with, like, that's, that like, we should stop comparing. It's so insulting to Rudy to compare him to Walker. We should stop doing it in the sense that Rudy's going down as truly one of the the greatest of all time. And when Rudy's on the floor, there's six percentage less shots are taken at the rim the most of anyone in the NBA. People just don't even try. So Walker's not there yet. What he's doing really well is when the shot goes up at the rim, he defends it great. But he is not at the point yet in which teams just don't shoot at the rim when he's on the floor. Root inside six feet, which is kind of the metric the NBA uses a lot. Um, Well, or cleaning the glass uses the rim, and we're 10 percentage points better defending the rim when Walker's on the floor than off the floor. So he's having a great defensive impact on the team. So let's look at him compared to the league, because this is really exciting. So inside six feet, the best in the NBA is Rudy. Minus team players shoot 15.5 percentage points less well when Rudy's the closest defender than they would on league average. Number two is Prezingus at 15.1. Why Boston's so great. Funny, the like number one and two seeds in the, in have these defensive players in a league that only talks about offense. Um maybe the offensive rise is actually making defensive players more important. Hmm. Thought. Uh, Kessler's third at 14.0 here. And, and let's stay on this for a second. Cause then we're going to get to what Walker's next stage of his development is. So prior to December, November 24th, when he gets hurt. So that's short, right? That's just the first like eight games of the year. He's starting, but he's got the elbow injury and he's, he's, he's only defending six shots a game. And teams are shooting six percentage points below league average when he's at the rim, so not not nearly as good. Since November twenty fourth, when he comes back, and now plays mostly off the bench, so not against the top guys. That's an important note. He's he, he's defending six point eight shots a game, so that's great. That's up from six. That's I think that's a that's one of the things we're going to touch on here. That that's an important change for Walker is that he gets to 6 He's got to get it up to a higher number of shots. He defends a night. Now, maybe that's going to be time on the floor, but that's, you know, that's going to be part of his next step. So when you, he's up to 6.8, he's teams, players are shooting 15.6% less than average when he's the closest offender. So the first eight games there was 6%. He wasn't right. We saw it. Since he's come back, it's 15.6%. Only Gobert is better. Okay, that's awesome. Elite, elite rim defense. Since January 1st, I was trying to see if there's just been any swings. It's dropped a tiny bit. It felt like it. And it's down to 14.4, which is still great. Only Przingis and Zubok are better. Interesting that Zubak's in that list. Part of the reason why the Clippers are probably so good. Funny, that's how that works again. Um, so 6.6 shots per game. The last two games, Walker's back into starting, and he's de- defended seven shots a game and holding teams at 13 percentage points below their average. So it's nice. That's six earlier, six shots, we're up to seven. It's really, that's a nice stretch. Here's, if we, if we want to get into kind of, so where Walker is and and what you're looking for out of him. The next step would be he's got to play more, but defending more shots. So Joel Embiid, Chet Holmgren, Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley all defend nine shots a night inside six feet. That's the highest rate of anyone in the league. Now, some extent, like people are challenging. Chet Holmgren's at minus 11, Embiid's at minus 11, Mobley's at minus 12. So those are, those are important. Uh Perzingis and Gobert are at 7.7. And as we mentioned, Walker for the season is in the middle of the pack at about a six point something shots defended, uh, six point seven shots. So can he defend one or two more shots a night? And some of that may just be minutes on the floor, but or getting there faster or just having a bigger impact. That that would be that would be the next step defensively. But generally it's there. Pretty exciting. The Next 30 games are really, really important for Walker in the starting lineup, or it's less than 30 now, I think. Um, maybe that's right. No, it might be 30. No, it's 28. Um, because he's playing against the best guys, and we need to see two things. We need to see that number stay the same, and number two, what's his offensive impact? So right now, we're 3.6 points less good when Walker's on the floor offensively. Now... Overall for the year, when walkers on the floor were dead even. Offensive rating of a 114.4, which is in the 40th percentile, and a defensive rating of 68, 68, This is 114.4. He's played about 2,100 possessions. There is a narrative out there that he and John Collins don't fit particularly well together. It's why the Jazz separated them and played them at center, both at center, and why Walker came off the bench. It seems, seems like a somewhat fair narrative. The spacing gets clunky it's not as like okay so they've played about 25 percent of their minutes together so let's eliminate those 25 percent of those minutes and walker suddenly looks a lot more impactful plus six but again most of this is against bench players plus 6.1 instead of even the offense goes from the 40th percentile to the 59th not great like that's can we get, this is a pretty good offensive team. Will's a pretty good offensive coach. Can we get the offense better than 59th when Walker's on the floor? But the defense now goes to 89th. And the real question to me on Walker Kessler in the next 30 games is can you be an elite defense because Walker Kessler is just on the floor? Right? So if you look at the best defenses in the NBA right now over the last few years, Milwaukee was an elite defense because it had Brooke Lopez. Oklahoma City is becoming an elite defense because of the fact it has Chet Holmgren. Philadelphia is an elite defense because it generally has Joel Embiid. Minnesota is an elite defense because it has Rudy Gobert. Boston's become an elite defense because it has Chris Daps Can Walker Kessler become someone where the Jazz, who are currently 25th in the league defensively, can become a top high-level defensive team because Walker Kessler is playing for them? That's the eventual step on him. Now, Rudy's a 10-year veteran, and Prazingis is about a 10-year veteran, and Chad Holmgren's incredible as a rookie doing this, and Joel Embiid's about a 10-year veteran, and so there is some element where, like, let's let Walker develop into this. I think Walker, the bottom line here, is I think Walker's actually made progress this year, but players who have a very good year one as a rookie rarely have a better year two. That's a really big misnomer. What they do usually is have a better year three. And this is the beginning to me a little bit of Walker's year three is whether or not Walker can continue to impact the game uh, both offensively in a positive manner and then a little bit more aggressively defensively. Let me add one more piece that might be the single most important piece on Walker, time will tell. But Walker is 11 of his last 13 from the free throw line. That's great growth, and that's vitally important because if he is confident going to line, I think he begins to have a larger offensive impact. A LeBronless Lakers team tonight. Is it a chance for the Jazz to get well? We'll talk about it as we continue here on Locked On Jazz. Wednesday edition of Locked On Jazz is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. I just smile, just effusively smile the minute I say Intercap Lending because what I'm really saying at that point is Steve Carter. And when I say Steve Carter, that makes me happy because Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer over Intercap Lending and Steve Carter and Intercap have just been a wonderful sponsor. And Steve Carter is the best customer service person I have ever been around in my life. I mean, literally, I cannot even begin to explain to you what this guy does. So I want to give you the opportunity to have a Steve Carter experience. If you need a loan right now, Intercap is the place and our own personal loan officer is Steve Carter. Steve's remarkable in what he does with his customer service. And it's just kind of, you know, I can find every review imaginable or emails that I get from people with lockdown. I think they've been with us for six years and we've never had anything but the greatest response from people because Steve just is so detail oriented. So if you're looking for a loan right now, Intercap lending is the spot to do it. And it's with Steve Carter Here's who uh, how to reach. Actually, you know what you should do? You should email me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I'll set you up with Steve uh, so you have the VIP experience. If you don't want me involved in your business, that's fine. Call Steve at 385-800-8520. It's not only in Utah, by the way. So Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. I was just going to do a quick search and see if I could find like another Locked on Jazz Steve Carter review. Here we go. Here's one from Michelle Reynolds. I cannot say enough about Steve. He went above and beyond to help me when I thought it wasn't going to be possible. He also worked his tail off to get my loan approved, closed and funded as fast as it could make it happen. Thank you for all the positive and easy experience. Truly wonderful to work with every single time. Just love Steve Carter and what he does. Today's show is also brought to you by Hungry Root. This is super interesting. I was actually, my wife was looking at Hungry Root the other day um, and trying to understand it. And it's, uh, it's it's really cool. So Hungry Root sends you boxes for your grocery shopping and meal planning with specific dietary needs or preferences that can be challenging. It applies to you uh, and it helps you like save time, save money, reduce food waste, all. Here's how it works. Hungry Root adds value to your day by saving you as much as five hours per week without the stress of grocery shopping and meal planning. Two, they save money because save money versus groceries and well, and then they reduce food costs. Hungry Root is your partner for healthy living. Easiest way to find fresh, high quality groceries, simply healthy root. You take a fun short quiz. Hunger Root gets to know your personal health goals and you like to eat and the kitchen appliances you use and more. And then they build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you the delicious recipe recommendations for those. Hungry Root re- recommends Recipes, groceries to even help you in the process. It's pretty fabulous. Right now, check it out. Hunger Roots offering Locked on NBA channel listeners off 40% of your delivery and free veggies for life. Go to hungerroot.com slash locked on to get 40% off your first delivery and get free groceries for life. Free veggies for life. Not groceries. Not all your groceries. Veggies. That's hungerroot.com. Use the link, hungerroot.com slash locked on. Thank you very much for tuning into Locked on Jazz today. We have launched the first ever 24-7 national sports channel on YouTube. It's called Locked on Sports Today. It runs 24-7. It's really cool. Throw it up. Put it on the TV set. You can also get it on Amazon Fire TV. I think you'll be really pleased and find it a really enjoyable, non-people screaming and yelling at you way to catch the biggest stories of the sports day. It's always fun for me to see to jump in i always come into my office didn't do it this morning honestly come into my office and check to see like oh what do we have on and then you realize like yesterday was minnesota crushing the clippers and ben peak of giving me the breakdown of the, of the whole game and i was way more knowledgeable and it wasn't people who didn't watch the game or didn't talk about it. and then i got locked on nba right afterwards with matt moore and david or talking about the various other games it was kind of great so go check it out at locked on uh sports today on the first ever 24 7 youtube channel tonight jazz and the lakers that game will be on ksl sports on utah jazz app and also of course on sirius xm all your hometown broadcasts are on sirius xm so go check that out uh along the way, all right laker lebron list lakers tonight lebron not playing in the back in the back, back same thing could happen wednesday with steph um and uh to be just if we're being completely transparent i don't I talking to the Warriors people, their feeling was that they are, so, they need wins so badly that that probably will not happen. Um, But it is a back in the back. I would be really surprised if we see clay um, at all. So our let, let's obviously it's a bummer because LeBron is, you know, one of the greatest of all time and you certainly want to see LeBron um play. But from a jazz standpoint, this is the exact same way they beat the Lakers the other night. Here's the impact of no LeBron on the Lakers, who have won five straight, have totally clicked in. They changed their starting lineup to, to D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, along with um, Rui Hashimura, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, and, they, and they've and they clicked in. They're, here's what's really interesting about LeBron's presence, and I, it doesn't totally make sense. They're way better defensively when he plays. And offensively, they're kind of the same. They're 1.2 points better offensively than when he's on the floor than off. So not massive. But defensively, they're five points better per 100 possessions. The other one that's really weird is they're worse defensively with Anthony Davis on the floor than off the floor this year. The Lakers' numbers are super strange. So yeah, they're better off the floor with... That on the floor with Anthony Davis defensively. This has kind of been a reoccurring theme in Anthony Davis's career. It's why I always wonder, like, why he's a defensive player of the year, Kenny. So they've won five of six. They've beat, a, they got a good win against New Orleans, but, and the, a great win against, in Boston. To me, what actually looks in, and this isn't obviously who we're going to see, is if you go back and look at their 15 games, they only have one stinker. They lost at home to Brooklyn, 130 to 112. And kind of the signature of the Lakers has been these, like, stinkers that they put out there at times. And we have not seen those stinkers from them in a while. In fact, they play the Warriors in that amazing double overtime game in which they win. And then they lose in Houston. They lose in Atlanta. I actually don't care about those losses. They were so tired from that other game. They then came, and I think they even rested everyone in Atlanta. I think they finally, or no, but they rested everybody, and they won in Boston. So the first thing is I think they're, for all the talk, and Darvin Ham this, who's just a great dude, and all the other stuff is I actually think they're, they're fairly well plugged in right now and playing really, really good basketball. And, and it may, you know, we may look back at the night in Boston where they go to Boston at the Garden and start D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, Austin Hayes, Jackson Hayes, and Jared Vanderbilt without Anthony Davis or LeBron. They basically concede, okay, these guys are too tired after that double overtime game. We can't play them anymore. And they win the game. And so then they come back and beat the Knicks. They obviously beat the Hornets. They lose to Denver, fine. And then they beat the Pelicans. And the Pistons game last night was like an exhibition game. It was kind of a joke um, to watch. Let's go back to January 13th. The Jazz win at home against the Lakers. And the starting lineup is different than what we're going to see tonight. Torian Prince starts, Cam Reddish, Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis, and D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell goes for 39 against the Jazz. And the Jazz trail this game by eight early, and then they worked their way back in the third quarter, and they win at 132-125 in just the modern scoring game. Colin had 27. Lowry had 29. Both lived at the free throw line. We won the free throw line battle against the Lakers, which was interesting because, if I remember correctly, it was two nights prior when they had beat Toronto that Darko had gone bananas on the officials, and then all of a sudden the Jazz won the free throw game 39 to 24 against the Lakers, which is completely unheard of because you're generally going to beat them in the three point game, which we didn't. They had 13, we had 12, and you're going to lose the free throw game. They take the most free throws and they allow the least. That's just how they're built. It's not a whole Laker conspiracy theory thing that's out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Walker, by the way, to our opening segment, played just 13 minutes that night. He was really a non factor. He had a minus 12. It's one of the worst games he's had in a while. Um, so John Collins played 34, Lowry 33, Colin, and then we're going to have to replace 23 minutes of Simone, along with 15 minutes of Kelly and 18 minutes of Ochai. So there's a bunch of minutes to be replaced tonight in this matchup. The Lakers of Rui Hashimura has jumped in his importance as he's now starting recently. And so when, again, this is a little hard to look at because of the fact that there's no LeBron, but if you, this is what I prepped last night, before I knew LeBron was going to not play. So therefore you're kind of getting this because this is what I have for you and because I think it's relevant. Um, If you look at their last five games, their minute distribution's interesting. LeBron is playing 37, Austin Reeves 35, D'Angelo 35. They're kind of all in on D'Angelo right now. He's playing very well. Anthony Davis, 34. Spencer Dinwiddie played last night, played 30 minutes in his first game, but Hashimura is at 31. Torian Prince at 26. And then Jackson Hayes is getting a bunch of time. Christian Wood has kind of been minimized a little bit, which is probably good for them. So they're beginning to kind of zero in on a rotation. I think it's why they're playing so much better. And I mentioned, I feel like they've been kind of plugged in now for 15 straight. And that's kind of a similar circumstance. LeBron, D'Angelo Russell's playing 37 in that stretch. Anthony Davis, 34 Reeves, 34 Torian Prince, 28 Rui Hashimura, 26. They lost uh, Jared Vanderbilt in the midst of it, but that's, that's kind of where they are, is they've, they've narrowed down who they are, what's playing, what they're doing, and they look a great deal better for it. Um, and we'll be interested to see. The key thing here tonight is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, in that game in which the Jazz won, was 5 of 21 from the field. And what's kind of – Anthony Davis is outstanding. But there's two things that make Anthony Davis live. And one of them is offensive rebounding. And the other one is fast breaks. So in that game, if you move Anthony Davis outside of like six feet, he shoots one of eight from the field that night. One of eight. He actually doesn't shoot very well around the rim either, but what makes Anthony Davis so great is he usually gets two or three possessions a night in transition. He goes to the free throw line a bunch and he goes and gets some offensive rebounds. And then you play around the rest of his game. And honestly, if you can, it's really hard to take those things away, so don't misunderstand me, but it's a little flawed. Like, honestly, it's it's a little flawed. If you look at his shot types and what he does as a player, his jump shot, he shoots 36.6% on jump shots. If you can get him to be playing a jump shot game, you're kind of fine. He's a, His rim shooting is great because he dunks it a lot but his layup shooting is 59%. That's not super. Like he's great. Don't misunderstand, but he gets 10% of his offense in transition where he's brilliant. He's incredible. He gets another 10% of his offense and offensive rebounds where he's brilliant. And he shoots like 65% on transition and 60% on offensive rebound putbacks. And so if you can kind of minimize that kind of stuff from him, get him into spot up shooting, get him into an isolation player, make him play with the ball in his hands, make him play. He's then he's not as dynamically awesome as he can be otherwise. And so that's the key tonight on how you deal with Anthony Davis. But that's also like easier for me in this seat to say than it is otherwise. All right. Little perspective check on things here. um, And maybe I'm wrong next as we continue on locked on jazz. It is time now for one of my favorite things. It is time for the eBay Motors date. It's well, well I I stuttered. I just buffered. The eBay Motors ride or die get you over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You always find exactly what you're looking for with the eBay guaranteed fit. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because eBay Motors, your burden, rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car to the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items, only exclusions apply. eBay's guaranteed fit is only for U.S. customers. So passion... Drive, patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And that was keeps your car rolling. Whether it's roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, or more. It's all eBay Motors has you covered with 122 million parts and the guaranteed eBay Motors guaranteed fit at ebaymotors.com. I don't know if perspective is the right word here, but the tone I'm getting from jazz fans. And this like includes going on with Hanson, Scotty and listening to 97.5 and 12 and 10, walking around town. And I've not actually been on the tweety thing very often. So I'm not sure it's from that. I think it's just around town. Is this like anguish about the trades and what it's done. And I don't know if it's just people wanting to be angry or what people were expecting, but let's just take a moment. And just kind of for a second. So we were playing really, really well. We were 19 and 11. we we won a lot of games. Um, we were outperforming our differential quite... What did we really think? What did everyone really think we were? Like, I, I guess that's... Like, I'm reading and listening and hearing people talk about, like, this incredible playoff run we are in the midst of, like... So if we had kept the roster the same, Sacramento... Is 30 and 23. They were four and a half games ahead of us. Did we think we were catching Sacramento? The Lakers were a game ahead of us. Did we think we were catching the Lakers? The Warriors were half a game behind us. Did we think they were catching us? We had just stayed the same the rest of the season no trades don't trade play for april 15th which does not seem like a great idea but let's go with it if we had played for april 15th with our roster as it was what do you feel free to put this in the youtube comments or hit me on on the x what do you really think we were doing that that's like i'm having a hard time with that because i don't think we were catching sacramento and I don't think we were catching Dallas who's won five in a row. And I don't think we were catching the Pelicans for sixth and getting home court or getting playoff. excuse you guaranteed playoff. So I think our best case scenario was a road play in game. Okay. been super fun. I would love to call it a road playing game. I don't think it's outlandish that it could still happen. That will be my second perspective point here. So. That would be so that's my first just question. Like in all honesty, like what do we think we were playing for? Like, what do we think we were doing? Like, I loved it. We were we started the year terribly. We were 19 and 12, I think, in 19 and eleven. since we've gotten really fortunate. We played Milwaukee twice without once without Dame, once without Brook, both times without Brooke, both times without Middleton. Like yeah, we placed Embiid twice, Philadelphia twice without Embiid. Like we've gotten somewhat fortunate team 40%. I don't know if you guys have seen this number, but 40 NBA star caliber players miss 40% of their games in Utah. Either because the altitude and then second most is Denver. Like the altitude, they don't like playing here. It's hard. It's really, really hard. It's a great advantage for us. We're 17 and eight at home. We're vastly outperforming our record, our home record compared to our road record. We always do. Might be why we can never tank. It's fine. Okay, so that's like so that's my first question. My I, I agree we have not looked great in both the last games. So we were then nine on the Warriors, and then we just kind of made some silly mistakes. And frankly, we made mistakes on plays that were guys that weren't um that weren't like young. So if we went to Phoenix prior to the trade deadline and played the Suns, what, what do we think? we would have done like Durant Bealer healthy bookers, not because we opened the year. We lost by 22 and we were there the last time. And then golden state fully healthy and clicked in. What do we think we would do against golden state? Losing by 22. We let go of the rope. That was bad, but we were within like, we were like, they were better than we were, but weren't they better than us anyway? Like I, I I don't I don't want to minimize, the Oklahoma City game was awesome and I don't want to minimize who we were, or what we were doing. But like if you look at us kind of since the fortieth game of the year, we beat a Toronto team, we waxed a Toronto team that was kind of in the midst of, like, their Pascal Siakam trade rumors and everything else and just got an R.J. Barrett. We killed him. It was great. We beat a LeBronless less Laker team. We beat an Indiana team without Tyrese Halliburton. We beat Washington. We beat Charlotte. We beat Milwaukee without Lopez Middleton. And we beat a full-strength Oklahoma City team. Played great. Like, in the last... That was it, kind of, right? In the meantime, we lost to OKC. We lost to Houston. We lost to New Orleans by 29. We lost to Brooklyn by 33. We lost to Knicks by 15. We lost to Embiid, less Philadelphia 76, 18. Something happened, at least in my perspective, that the day we made these trades, our previous performances became way better than they were. Seems to me there was like a lot of logic that like, oh, we're 9 or 10 at best, probably 11. Let's get some assets. I don't know if we don't, I mean, why might not like it, and, and I'm pretty curious to watch when we come back from break of whether or not we're not the exact same team. We got Charlotte, we got Washington, we got the Spurs. Let's go beat them. So I think that'll be super interesting to see what takes place and how this all plays out. But I, I feel like the perspective has gotten really wacky in the last 20, 48 hours. All right, that is Locked On Jazz today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you very much for being a... I love your comments on that. Feel free to hit me on X or put them up on the on the On the Google YouTube uh, comment section. Thumbs up or appreciate if you can do that before you head out the door. It is time now to send you the first ever 24 7 national sports channel, Locked On Sports Today. Have a great one. It's also available for you on Amazon Fire TV.